I love doing on weekends? Stir frying some Oreo cookies, deep frying said cookies, and then selling them to the American public. Oh, did I forget to mention that I sell them in packs of 40 each? Yeah, they love their big portions and... Not again. Why do you keep on insisting on recording without telling me first? Excuse me. If you're a politics enthusiast or you just want to have a blast, this is the Teen Politics Podcast. Hello and welcome to part two of the very first episode of the Teen Politics Podcast. The place where we talk to teenagers about their opinion on what's going on in the world we live in. Today's episode is sort of a continuation of the last, so I highly recommend you listen to that one if you haven't already, even though there aren't really any overlapping talking points. This time, we're talking about something incredibly important, inclusion in school. Now, this whole topic is very personal to me, and something I've fought for for many years in my school, the natural segregation of schools. Elise C. Bodie and Dennis D. Parker put it perfectly in their 2018 op-ed essay, saying, quote, No one is really talking about school segregation anymore. And it's a shame because an abundance of research shows that integration in school is actually one of the most effective tools for achieving racial equality. For this segment, I talked to diversity and inclusion specialist Fred Woes about how to prevent this natural segregation. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Principal Director Fred is a thought leader on diversity, equity, and inclusion, organizational development, culture, and climate, and its impact on organizational performance. He founded Inclusiatic Consulting following accomplished work working with top diversity and inclusion leaders from all around the world. His work has been regionally and nationally recognized. Obviously, you're an expert on um, diversity and inclusion in the workplace, Mr. Wells, uh, but this one is on education. So, so the first question I wanted to ask you was, you know, when, I, when I'm in school, at least, I see that um, the white students usually gravitate towards the other white students, the um, Asian students, because we're a predominantly, we're a very, we're a very diverse school. We have 44 nationalities, um, but we seem to kind of group together. So why do these natural tendencies to stick with your own race and your own religion happen? I think it's a great question, the natural tendency. You know, um, I think some of the stuff that comes to mind for me was what are the, where do we have safety? Where can we be ourselves? Where can we show up? Um, where can we not feel judged? And typically that happens with folks that are like us, whether that's around race or age or religion or whatever variable, right? Whatever that might be. It could be, you know, I get along well with pretty quick thinkers, right? You know, so I'm going to gravitate towards, towards that. I'm, I'm, I'm apt to, to hire people that, that have had a experience outside of the organization that I'm in. I think, it, I think it's human nature, but the, the root of it is familiarity, comfort, and trust. And so how do we actually break our own, as I like to refer to as our own bubble or echo chamber right, mm-hmm. of safety? And how do we burst that for ourselves in a way that is challenging because change and difference is 
confronting, right? It can confront you on a interpersonal values perspective. Uh, it can it can impact you from a, a societal perspective, a, a religious or faith based perspective. So, I think it's if you play out the idea and the reality, it's where we get a little bit uncomfortable, right? And that's why we kind of stay in our respective pack. Okay, yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. Um, and how do you think? Obviously, inclusion it's hard to achieve even in the workplace, and that's what you're trying to do to to have people from different backgrounds, from different who have different experiences, come together. So, how do you think that inclusion can happen in schools? How do you think it can be promoted and yeah, things like that? Yeah. So, having the chance to work with big organizations, nonprofits, even in the school districts, right? Um, so, I do some volunteering. Um, even at my um, daughter's school, an elementary school, right? And so every, many districts are trying to engage on the topic. You know, I, a few things come to mind. I think it's a really easy space to miss the point in. It's a really easy space to say that, that represent, representation is, is narrowly defined, mm-hmm. right? It, it's looked at by one or two simple visible things where places that are trying to achieve it and i think that education is 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 the best most powerful form for it it's the most exciting mm-hmm. education is an absolute equalizer and i think education has some strengths that a lot of organizations don't i'll give you an example some of what might be defined as success and, and success might not even be the best way to characterize it but um visible impact progress belonging where people feel like they're valued uh, education lends itself in a lot of ways to that. There's this, there's an attitude that often is more widely accepted to be, have critical thought, to offer difference of thought. So I think in some cases, the education system, whether it's elementary or at the secondary level, or even in the academic level, there's, there's a, there's a mind shift, right? And so the minute you can change how you think about something, then you're going to change the behavior that follows it. What they don't tell you is when you have diverse settings, whether that's students to teachers or teachers and peers, they don't tell you that it's what you have is a lot more conflict to forming team norms. I'd like to bring up an interesting model my mother introduced me to called the Medici model. This model points out that while you're inclined to stick to people similar to you, exposing yourself to different people with different perspectives allows you to empathize, to think, and to most importantly, learn. Why can't that be applied to schools? Students come from different backgrounds and are brought up differently. They also have room to learn and form their view of the world. Exposing them to different cultures, different faiths, and different ideas, different nationalities, and different personalities could really benefit the world as a whole. I had to confirm this idea with Mr. Wills. I, I, I agree with that wholly. Um... You know, a couple of things come to mind that just that, that jump out as you as you share is every, you know, whether you go to a public school, whether you go to a private school, regardless of the level, every institute has a set of normative behavior, right? It's here are the norms we call them social norms, right? There mm-hmm. are there are there are systemic norms. Largely put, every system, healthcare, education. Heck, even in some level, uh, probably technology for that matter. So the last question. Before you ask your last question, let me throw one more thing in here, just that it might be useful. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry for interrupting you. No, no, no Uh, problem. 
the um, I think there's a fairly it's kind of the the difference between simple and easy, right? You know the difference between those two things, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's easy, you know. Um, it's simple to say I want to go on a diet, but it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> the discipline of it is a different thing. I, you know, in leading a lot of teams over the years, I've used this expression a lot of times, and that is test the relationship, right? So we have a relationship and sometimes it's going to be harmonious and sometimes we're going to disagree. And for us to actually have a stronger relationship, we need to lean into our relationship. I need to say, hey, you hurt my feelings or I think you were really off base about this and here's why. Whatever the, the difference of experience or the offense was or the solution might be different. And oftentimes it's viewing it's viewing that leaning in that relationship, testing the relationship as forming and not fracturing. Mm -hmm. Right. But that goes back to that idea of discomfort. Mm -hmm. um, so the third question I wanted to ask you, and I think it probably might be the most important question mm -hmm. is how important do you think inclusion in schools um, is to, it is with regard to the bigger picture as in um, inclusion in the workplace, inclusion in the world, really? I, I wish I had all the words to answer this question with thoroughness and with some level of succinctness. But, you know, to me, access, equity to high quality education uh, is the is one of the the major equalizers in society it, it is the, it is largely the vehicle because related to education attainment and achievement is social mobility is financial mobility mm -hmm. is critical thinking you know are all these things that are really really key and central to that that it limits that it has structural and process limitations or barriers, we're just going to keep repeating the same ill again and again, and you'll have this incremental movement. And ultimately, whether it's a, a community that's as localized as a, you know, a rural uh, town or a major metropolitan city, let alone a region, let alone a state, or even bigger, the, the slower we, we are to actually build inclusion. And I, you cannot separate um, not imparting or imposing equity into that process, then we're going to be repeating the failures and not learning, learning from those mistakes again and again. School done right, in my view, is where students come to learn, not to cram. They're exposed to new things and new ideas. It's where students enjoy their time discussing what they perceive of different scenarios and different ideas. And it's a place where teachers are trusted enough to grade their students on merit and how much they contribute to the class. School should be a haven, not only for growth and knowledge, but also for allowing students to gain a worldview that will set them up perfectly for the life they choose to live. Anyway, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed episode one. Stay tuned for next week's episode two, and until then, thanks and see ya.